0: morning morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. I am Jim Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning Five and Change. If it's Thursday, that can mean only one thing. The Midwest Sun is cracking through, and the director of recruiting for 24 7 sports is here, Steve Wiltfong.
1: Steve, how does it? Good morning, Daniel. Going well, just trying to keep up with everything going on on these streets. The recruiting scene is hot and heavy,
0: and Ohio State can attest to that. Yesterday, Ohio State celebrated the first day of December with a commitment from quarterback Devin Brown. Ohio State's ability to attract elite quarterback prospects continues. The quarterback once committed to USC, decommitted, took a couple of visits. Many think it came down to Texas and Ohio State. He received a big visit from the Ohio State staff earlier this week and verbally committed. You can check out tons of coverage on the site now, including Mark Porter's commitment evaluation with an exclusive video breakdown. Steve, please put in context what it
1: means for Ohio State to attract Devin Brown. Well, they have another mega talent that they add to the most most important position in college football, that quarterback room, a guy that can lead you to a championship. He's got all the traits and talent um, to to be a guy that can be a championship-level quarterback for Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State's recruited the position at a high level. They have 5 stars, CJ Stroud under center right now. They have five-stars Kyle McCord and Quinn Ewers uh, looking to unseat CJ Stroud or, or battle amongst each other for QB2 in, going into spring football. And then and now you have Devin coming in there uh, who has the talent and the ability to, at the very least, push that room. You know, and we'll see where the chips fall for him as well. He's a guy that got a chance to throw next to Quinn Ewers at the Elite Eleven Finals this summer. And in that setting, he was better. You know, now obviously the game's not played on air, uh, but you know, Devin proved this year that he can play the game between the chalk with eleven uh, defenders on the field throwing for almost five thousand yards and rushing for almost five hundred and 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 putting up, you know, putting the ball in the end zone on a regular basis. So uh, he had a, he had a great senior year where he showed tremendous growth playing for one of the better high school football programs in the country. He had 65 total touchdowns, uh, passing and rushing 57 through the air, eight on the ground. And, uh, I just like his, I like his, uh, um, intangibles, you know, he knows what's in that Ohio state room, but he's betting on himself because you and I've talked about this on the show before, you know, Ohio state, if you're the starting quarterback, uh, in Columbus, there's a good chance that you're going to be a first round draft pick. Now the climb up the mountain is not always the easiest because you're competing with some talented folks. Uh, but he's betting on himself. He's betting on, you know, eventually being QB one at Ohio State and achieving everything he hopes to, which is, you know, to win big on the college level, get a good education and then hear his name called high in the NFL draft. Was I accurate in saying it came down to Ohio State and Texas? And what do you think was the uh, tipping domino? Well, I think the official visit to Ohio State thrusted the Buckeyes in the pole position. They were trending from the day Corey Dennis went out there uh, to Utah to see him practice, and they fell in love, and Ohio State put the full court press on from there, and the relationship uh, was as strong and as natural uh, as anything that he, you know, it was as strong and as natural as the one that he had with Coach Harrell at USC. And uh, when he was committed to the Trojans, I just think it was about getting out to Columbus and seeing if that atmosphere and that campus and everything, you know, w- was what everyone said it was and if the, if it fe- felt good for him. So he goes out there, takes an official visit. The vibe was, and we talked about it on this show, that Ohio State was the team to beat and we weren't ruling out Texas. We weren't ruling out Ole Miss. But, um, um, you know, I think that's when Ohio State took the lead. And then you, you send in Coach Day and, and Coach Dennis. And who else went at home? Was it Coach Hartline? Yeah, Coach Hartline. You know, that, those guys be closing, for lack of better words. And uh, they got Devin in the fold. And it's another big pickup at an extremely important position.
0: If you haven't watched the video of Devin Brown, I suggest you go do so. Once you complete listening to this podcast, of course, the talent just jumps off the screen. And the idea that you have, like you said, the depth they have in the quarterback room, regardless of what happens going forward, is just super impressive and really a sign of the strength of the program going forward. Because we all know you need quarterbacks to win. If you look at the teams that are in contention besides Georgia, everybody has got a big time signal caller. Let's talk about how the coaching upheaval across the ranks is going to affect Ohio state. We will start with Midwest power recruiting power. That is Notre Dame hiring fine Buckeye, Marcus Freeman, Wayne graduate Dayton native taking over the reins for the fighting Irish. You know, that program. Well, were you surprised they picked Freeman? And how do you think he will do from a recruiting perspective? Does this mean we're not getting Carnell Tate?
1: (laughs) Well, I just think that uh Ohio State's going to have more of an adversary on the trail because Ryan Days one of the more visible head coach recruiters in the country where Brian Kelly was a closer. He was a nine-inning the ninth inning guy that would come in and be eloquent with his message and on point. And he had so much experience at Notre Dame that it was just so easy for him to come in there at the end and and look, Brian Kelly was if the assistant coaches needed something from Brian Kelly throughout the process, he would be available, but it wasn't like a natural thing for him to be sitting on his couch and say, you know what, I'm going to hit up Carnell Tate and see what the hell Carnell's up to. Maybe he did that, but I just don't think that's, that's that's uh, how he carried himself on the trail based on what I know, where Marcus Freeman is going to be um, very involved in the recruiting of all of Notre Dame's top targets, similar to Ryan Day, similar to Kirby Smart, similar to Lincoln Riley. You know, I, I think that um, he is going to be one of the most visible head coach recruiters in the country at a school that's, you know, won double-digit games five years in a row, has been in the college football playoff hunt a couple times. So they, they have that national brand and that national notoriety. There's other head coaches that work their ass off too. Sam Pittman goes as hard as anybody. At Arkansas, it's just not a job that's going to be as visible as like Notre Dame. And so Marcus Freeman is going to get a ton of, burn and recognition on the recruiting trail and it's going to be earned through sweat in the bucket and so um, I think that now when Ohio State's going head-to-head with Notre Dame for a recruit it's not going to be a given that that prospect has a better relationship with the head coach with all that being said Ohio states they're going to win a lot of recruiting battles moving forward doesn't matter who they're recruiting against they go they beat Georgia they beat Alabama for guys they'll still beat Notre Dame for guys I just think that Marcus Freeman could be the difference in one or two recruitments for Notre Dame a year that they weren't getting. And as everyone knows, that adds up to four to eight to 12 uh, extra players on your roster, which increases your chances of going from 11 to 12 wins to 13 to 14. I am not a believer that you have to be in the SEC to win the national title. Obviously, you guys aren't too. I think Ohio State is annually in that mix because of the talent they recruit. I really think Notre Dame, you know, if they can if they can elevate the talent in their quarterback room and, and and really make sure that their roster doesn't have any holes in it, which is easier said than done. But, you know, two years ago when they made the playoff, their receiver room wasn't quite what it's been in the past. But if you throw in like a Will Fuller and a Chase Claypool and a Inquanimous St. Brown or a Miles Boykin, all guys that are having good NFL careers, they've proven they can get receivers. They just didn't have them. Two years ago, playoffs when they really could have used them and You know, so I just think Marcus Freeman gives them a chance to make sure their roster is consistent year in and year out, because he's going to help them win a couple extra recruiting battles a, a year. Far be it from me to root for the fighting Irish,
0: but I would like to see Marcus Freeman have success.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I went to an Ohio State game several years ago and it was a day game. And so afterwards, what's the main street there? Why am I drawing a blank right there that the shoe's on with all the bars? It's called High Street. The High Street, yeah, High Street. Yeah, we went to uh, we went to the Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards, and it was the year Notre Dame was undefeated and made it to the title game when they were flipping between Golson and Reese at quarterback, and Notre Dame was playing Pitt, and everyone in that bar wearing Buckeyes gear was also rooting for Notre Dame. So I think that only the diehard fans, because of the recruiting rivalries. Hate each other, but I think like if the the average Midwest football fan, if you grow up in the Midwest, you kind of like them all. You like Michigan. You, I mean, you have your favorite, but you don't hate Ohio State and you don't hate Michigan. I actually think that's true. But if you're a diehard and you follow recruiting, you despise the uh, regional uh, uh, recruiting rivals. And then obviously, I, I mean, I think Ohio State hates Michigan and Michigan hates Ohio State. That goes without being said. But Notre Dame. I think they're kind of Switzerland amongst the the uh um Midwest schools if you're just the average fan. And I think that the average Notre Dame fan, he he you know, he doesn't care much. He's not rooting against Ohio State or Michigan.
0: Notre Dame is such a national brand. I mean, you can go to any town across this country and there's gonna be at least a pocket of Notre Dame fans in there. I think one of the reasons Ohio State, the relationship for what it's worth hasn't been as acrimonious recently is I don't think Ohio State sees Notre Dame as a legitimate threat. If Marcus Freeman can turn them into a team Ohio State thinks they're going to lose to or the fans do, I think it's going to get a little worse, but the Dayton-Ohio State vibe with Marcus is strong. Take a quick break, come back, and talk about more coaching carousel rigmarole. All right, we are back. Lincoln Riley went from Oklahoma to USC and in so doing, interrupted some recruitments here. The Branch brothers, Zion, Zachariah from Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. Crystal balls were rolling towards Columbus for both. The coaching change kicked in at USC, and those balls ricocheted somewhere in the Mississippi and bounced back towards California. Can you bring us the latest on Zion Branch and his brother, Zachariah Branch, now that Lincoln Riley has taken over at SC?
1: Yeah, talking to a couple sources yesterday and then sharing some information with my colleagues out west, Blair Angulo and, and, and Greg Biggins, we like the way it's now trending for USC for Zion Branch um, away from a longtime leader or perceived leader, Ohio State. And with that, you know, back in the summer, the spring, or whatever, you know, um, their father, Coach Branch, uh, the track coach at Bishop Gorman, he had he had said that the the brothers had come to. You know, talked about it and that they wanted to play together in college, and so um, you know, Coach Riley's track record at the wide out position. We just flipped our picks to USC for Zachariah at the same time. But then, afterwards, I heard from a source that said, "Hey, maybe they don't play together in college." And Ohio State's still very much in the thick of it for Zachariah. You know, we'll see. And hell, they could still get Zion. I mean, we're not, we're not. I mean, it, just because of Crystal Ball predictions, in doesn't mean there's finality to it you know he's going to visit USC what if that visit sucks you know he's going to go out there next weekend and what if it's not a great experience for whatever reason and he just sits back and says you know I I felt more comfortable at Ohio State the whole time I'm, I'm gonna be a Buckeye we just think it's trending towards USC for Zion and then that pick for Zachariah came in too but maybe it was a jump the gun you know maybe we you know Maybe, you know, we needed to dot some more I's and cross some more T's before making that prediction. I mean, I would certainly I mean, he put a top four out yesterday, which included uh, Alabama and uh, as well, USC, Ohio State. I'm drawing a blank on the fourth one off the top of my head. But I mean, I think Ohio State is in a great position and Lincoln Riley's track record in offense and then that family's love for the University of Southern California I think puts them in good position too. So we'll see where it shakes out, but nobody recruiting that young man harder than Brian Hartline. And so uh, his, his percentage from the field is pretty damn good. I'm confident that Brian Hartline will
0: force Zachariah to make a really tough decision, but I think the ship has sailed on Zion. That's my opinion. I think Bill Curlick flipped a crystal ball too. I hope we're all wrong. Another huge recruit that, may have renewed interest in USC that also had crystal balls flowing towards Ohio state. And he's in California, Rancho Santa Margarita, defensive tackle hero canoe, the German native. I had him penciled in. Do I need to erase it?
1: You know, I haven't heard anything different other than obviously there was some excitement about Lincoln Riley getting the USC job at one point. Oklahoma was the, was the leader for hero canoe. Um, but, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was told that it was pretty darn close to being a done deal for Ohio State. You know, he's still letting USC come in the home and, you know, we'll see if he locks in a USC official visit. Um, if he gets that in, you know, game on, but the Dean, Bill Kierlich had a story last night, I believe I'm losing track of the days where nothing was even locked in yet. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, But uh, Ohio State's obviously pushing hard.
0: Clearly, defensive tackle is a need. Anyone who watched the game is clear on that. If you could quickly finish with the latest on two defensive line prospects, Ohio State is heavy after Indiana native Caden Curry and Texas native Omari Abor.
1: Well, Ryan Day's in home. Ryan Day's in God's country. He's in the best city in the world, Indianapolis today, visiting Caden Curry and his family on the south side of Indianapolis in those suburbs, two-time state champ, Caden Curry. And I really like where the Buckeyes stand. I know Tom Allen's trying to get an in-home. Alabama will be up next week after they play in the SEC championship. So, um, you know, I like like the Buckeyes there, maybe this in-home. Is the last the last thing to push it over the top or maybe he just takes it all the way to the end and 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 lets the other you know let hears out the other coaches but i kind of like where ohio state stands there and my crystal ball is on the buckeyes for Amari a too five-star defensive lineman from texas i wouldn't write his name in pen in the class maybe there's another twister turn there but he's loved his experiences in columbus and Larry Johnson's track record at the position, and talk, talking to us, I asked the source yesterday about it, and they still liked where Ohio State stood, too, so, you know, just got to get it all to December 15th at this point,
0: Daniel. And we are on that ride with you, Bill Kerlick, and the rest of our fantastic staff at 24-7. Keep it locked into Bucknuts. Have a good one, buck hunters
1: Take care, y'all. See you on the front row.